Hello everyone, my name is Beryl and welcome to my podcast, Creative Force. If this is your first time listening, it is good to have you with us. For everyone else, I'd like to welcome you back. I'm here to bring you creative people in all genres of art, crafts, culture, and and information about topics of interest. All of these things begin with the force of creativity. If you enjoy listening to Creative Force, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. Well, hi listeners and welcome back. I am here today with Joseph Cavallari, who was an instructor I met up at Corning uh, Museum, Mm -hmm. which is a museum of all glass objects. And I had a scholarship up at Corning through the Bee Project, here at Urban Glass, and um, I took a stained glass class with Mr. Joseph Cavallari. Yes. First of all, we were riding up on the bus, and I saw this gentleman sitting opposite me on the other side of the aisle. And then I noticed that he had these packages wrapped very carefully, (laughs) which said to me, hmm, that might be glass. And he sort of looked like an instructor. (laughs) So as it turned out, I introduced myself and asked him if he was going up to Corning to teach a class. And lo and behold, it was this very same class that I was taking. Thank God, because that was like a (laughs) five-hour bus ride, right? right? Exactly, exactly. It was so long, but the view was so pretty, you know? Um, So I sort of enjoyed it. Because I don't usually take bus rides that long, nor do I go upstate. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I noticed upstate, which I was very shocked about, I was looking forward to looking up at the sky and seeing the stars. Right. And I didn't see (laughs) any. And it wasn't cloudy. So Mm -hmm. I don't don't understand that. But nevertheless, (laughs) let's, let's move on to what Joseph, who Joseph is, and what Joseph does, mm-hmm. okay? So, firstly, um, let's just give a little regular biological, not biological, bi, uh, biographic right. information. Uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in Westchester, a little town named Pleasantville. I know Pleasantville. <laughs> it was extremely pleasant. Isn't it near Tarrytown? Yeah, very yeah. close. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you attend college? Yeah. Well, I I moved to Manhattan, and I went to School of Visual Arts back in the 80s. Nice. And I basically got a graphic design degree Uh and started to do graphic design right after college. Right. Well, you were in the right place. Yeah. You know, if you were going to take graphic design... Manhattan is a very good place There's to so be. There's so many different jobs mm-hmm. available. A- absolutely, back then. absolutely. So, um, when did you realize that you had any art talent? You know, other people knew it before I knew it. Okay, Basically, and how did that happen? Uh, when I was being raised, my mother just gave me color books all the time. Really? Mm-hmm. In kindergarten, my kindergarten uh, teacher, Mrs. Tickner. Do you remember her name? <laughs> yes, she was a great <laughs> influence. And she 
basically we were doing drawings for the school play. Mm-hmm. Everybody else got small animals to draw, like right. chickens and stuff. Right. She gave me the elephant to draw. Oh, my God. And she said, draw it as big <laughs> as you can. We taped papers together, and I drew In this. kindergarten. In kindergarten. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so amazing. she saw the talent. Wow. 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 And in college, I mean, in high school, did you do anything with with art? Yeah, I uh, had a great teacher, Walter Hahn. Mm-hmm. I and can't I, believe you remember oh all his name. Well, I'm still in contact with him. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, Sally Aldridge, uh-huh. who I'm still in contact with too. Wow. She's great. She That's actually impressive. helped me get a museum show up, uh-huh. upstate. Wow. Did you ever go back to the school to talk to the students? I did. Mm-hmm. About three years ago, I went okay. back to my high school. Uh-huh. And, and I give me one thing that you said, one wisdom or one gem of wisdom that you gave them? You know, I, I looked through their sketches because that was really important when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And there was this one woman that just was doing really creative work. And I was like, you got the talent. Mm-hmm. And basically, you need to see how many options of jobs there are out there right. for artists. It's incredible. You really don't know that when you're in high school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so what is it, Joseph, that you like about your art? Um, there's many things. I, it's a really good challenge. Mm-hmm. Like every piece is a... And what type of art are we talking about? This is a painted and silk screened and airbrushed stained glass. Okay. So you basically apply some kind of finish with enamels mm-hmm. onto the glass surface. You put it in a kiln, and it bakes the glass and makes the enamels permanent. Right. And then you solder the piece together. Mm -hmm. It's the same way stained glass windows are made for, like, churches. And it's very similar to that, how they made it back in Mm -hmm. medieval times. Right. So what is it about that type of art that you like? You know, it's the same thing that appealed to, like, peasants going into a medieval cathedral, Light coming through colored glass is very spiritual. Mm-hmm. It just captures your attention. You're drawn to it, and your like eyes actually see that first when you right. walk into a church. Right. So I, when I was up at Corning, which, again, has such a wonderful feel to it mm-hmm. in terms of an environment to do art, right. that... Ever since I started working with glass, I look at glass so differently now. Yeah. I look at the textures. I look at how the light might be fragmented through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just changes your whole resolve in terms of s- how you see things. You know, what would you want to see on that particular piece of glass? You know, um, whether it's going to, the glass is going to be used to be on top to magnify what's beneath it. Right. Or, or whatever. It's, layering it's a, the glass. You get, to get yes. so many effects. It's so amazing. And there's so, so many colors out there. That's one thing that I right. warn my students. Uh-huh. You know, do a design, right. choose your colors, and then choose the glass. Right, Because right. a lot of people are influenced by the color spectrum of the glass. Right, instead of their piece. Exactly. Right. Well, the piece that I did in your class mm-hmm. it was amazing because I was always into the dichroic glass, right, which right. can shine different colors or mm-hmm. shine 
a metallic color. Right. And my piece involved gold dichroic. Right. And I wanted to see the difference of how it looked just plain using it, as well as going in the kiln, which gave a totally different result, but just as beautiful. Yeah. So what is it that you dislike about the art world and your artwork? Oh, you know, uh, the art world, it's still fickle to me. Mm -hmm. It's like there's so many artists out there. I really don't understand uh, how certain artists get to a certain level. It's still a mystery. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a, you really have to be patient. Right. It's like when you're first starting out, people look at your art, but when you've been doing it for like 10 years, mm-hmm. like myself, right. you have a lot of samples mm-hmm. and a lot of commissions or public art that you can show people. Mm-hmm. So you can have more of a design sense and a style right. after you're doing it for like 10 years. When you're first starting out, it's like a little confusing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like now I'm like I've been doing it long enough. Right. So I understand where my artwork fits in more appropriately. Right. And it's more for private commissions yes. than uh, gallery shows. Right, right. And it's also, I feel, <clears throat> it's also like with anything else in life, um, luck of the draw, being in the right place exactly. at the right time to meet the right people. Yeah. All right. So what is it that you might dislike about your own work? I, you know, the, I, I love creating the work. The boring part is soldering. It just <laughs> yes. takes forever. <laughs> and you know you have to be like a structural engineer for the larger work that I make mm-hmm. because you need to install it. You need to make sure it's stable and will last a long time. Right. Put the lights in it. So you need to know all this mm-hmm. other mechanical, Tec- oh, technical technical stuff. Right, right, yeah, right. Which I, I love, but it's just like... You know, like, I, oh, I have God, to I gotta plan it out, make sure now. it works right, and then put it together. And right. That's how I felt. It was like, yeah. oh, soldering. Soldering. Most <laughs> students are just like, they're so nervous about it, too, because you can burn your hand off. <laughs> right. Well, for me, I put too much soldering on, and right. it was like I think I might have destroyed the essence of the work because of it, unfortunately. Yeah. It gets really heavy, <laughs> heavy too. <laughs> So what is, at this point, I know you've done a lot of traveling, and um, we're going to get back to that a little later. Mm -hmm. But until then, I'd like to know what is your dream project, if you haven't had it already. I I just had my dream project. Oh, all right. So then hold on to it. Hold on to it. (laughs) Sorry. We'll we'll get back to it. Yeah, Yeah, it was definitely a dream. (laughs) What what, um, role does art funding have art funding you know i have some a bunch of friends in canada i've taught up there and i know a lot of artists up there they have so much funding for artists they just like all these glass artists get funding all the time and they it's like really supported there here it's more competitive 
Uh, there's a lot out there, but it takes a really long time to fill out the forms and apply, That's which right. it should. Mm-hmm. They don't want to just give money to anybody. Right. Do you have to fill out those same types of forms up in Canada? Yes. Okay. But there is, in overall, there's more money available mm-hmm. to artists. Mm-hmm. Just like their free health care. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All Hello. right. Say no more. <laughs> say no more. Um, and how do you feel an artist should navigate the art world? And how do you price your work? Navigating, uh, it's really important that you try everything. So a lot of artists can't decide what they want to do first, what the style is, what the imagery is, where they want to show their work. I say do everything possible. Mm-hmm. Get out into as many shows, group shows as you can. Expose your work. Show it in friends' homes. Just exposure is really important. Restaurants, wherever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wear it on your shoulders <laughs> and walk on the subway. Exactly. You know, whatever you can do. And not to speak of what I what I tell a lot of people, because I have a lot of artist friends, because besides the glass and besides doing uh, media work, mm-hmm. I'm also a visual artist. Right. And I try and tell all of my visual friends to document their work. Mm-hmm. When they have something and they show it on Facebook or uh, Instagram, use hashtags, use uh, for for each of the different um, social media sites. Yeah, and that's so quick and easy to do. Right, exactly. I spend like 10 minutes a day just posting all my images, stuff you're working on. And use hashtags so that people can get back to what your work is exactly. and where it might be and exactly. under what genre it might be. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of my artist friends are doing that now. Also, it's really important if you're still, you're just starting out, mm-hmm. exchange your art with other artists. Right. Give it to your friends to hang in their mm-hmm. homes. Mm-hmm. So it's more of the exposure. People right. will see it in person. will see it. That's a very good idea. Yeah. I like that. Um, and how do you, how do you price your work? Price your work. That's, a question that comes up in class <laughs> all the time. Many different ways. Go online, see how much people are charging on websites, mm-hmm. see how they're charging in galleries and gift shops. Right. Talk to a curator or a gallery owner. Mm-hmm. If you know them well, it's great. You could just bring photos of your work and say, how much can I get for this? Right. Okay. So it's just comparing it to how much other people are charging. Right. But for me, I do it by the square foot. Okay. And how do you do that? Like, this can be an example. It doesn't have to be true to what you do, but just give me an example. Uh, depending on the size of the work, mm-hmm. uh, when someone wants to go to a commission, I'll basically see how complicated it will be. Right. And then because I know how much I charged in the past for a piece that size. I'll say, well, I did a piece this size before. It took right. me these amount of hours, and it'll be this amount of money. Because mm-hmm. you have a history yes. that you can go back to. And I can remember how many hours it takes. Uh, which current art world trends are you following, if any? Trends. I. Uh, 
you know, I'm sort of tired of graffiti. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't understand when people stop and take pictures of graffiti. I mean, it's cool, but it's just like you see it everywhere. But I still do. Only only when I see something that I feel is very either very different or interesting. Right. Yeah, so that should be the case with Mm -hmm. anything, Mm -hmm. not just graffiti. Right, right, right. But uh, trends... I like super realism with painting, mm-hmm. and I, I still enjoy like other glass artists that are doing something new and unexpected with glass. Right. There's not too many out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, what's what's integral to you, to the work of an artist? Um, the concept is really important. I. If there's a part of the work that's unexpected or a surprise, I love that. Mm-hmm. When you go up to a work and you see it and you're just like you smile, you get frustrated, some emotion comes out. Right, right. I love that. And that's a work that I buy for myself. Right. And I try to do that in my that's work like as well. That's like an aha moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You might not notice it at first. So you'll go up close and you'll be like, oh, my God, this is genius. <laughs> right. Exactly. So if that happens. That's how I felt about a few of your pieces. Oh, thank you. But I'm sure they're out of my range in terms of, um, of um, purchasing. So um, what is your work aimed to say? Well, I base a lot of my work on uh, fairy tales or fables. And sometimes I write those fables myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's a commission, I'll ask the clients if they have favorite favorite fables from the past. Interesting. And I'll base the work on that, which is really great. Mm-hmm. I love doing work so like that. So can you give me an example of a couple? I did one based on Gormenghast, which was like this book of three different fables that were written probably back in the 70s. And the client said, read these books and do a piece based on it. So I basically got the books on tape, mm-hmm. so I didn't have to sit down and read them. And I listened to them. They were so visual. Really? And I basically had too many ideas. So that was a fantastic mm-hmm. route to mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Now I have to go back and relook at some of your work to right. see if I can find it. Also, I remember you've done a couple of... Um, pieces around a famous person. Um, Jackie Kennedy was one. Um, The Simpsons were Mm -hmm. another. Do you want to tell us a little bit about why you did Jackie O? Jackie O, uh, well, she's a New York icon, first of all. Mm -hmm. And I just, I found a really good photographer that I don't think anybody has ever seen. Mm -hmm. It was a bunch of reporters surrounding her. Right. But she had a great, like, posture. Right. So I silhouetted that image, and I put it, like, in a triptych form because I felt like she has three different parts of her life. Ah, such as? Such as before she was married, when she was first lady, Mm -hmm. and then when she was Jackie O. Right. And so I divided that. And the piece was really strong, just being black and white. The background was filled with little Chanel dresses that she wore and made Mm -hmm. famous. Yes. So I felt like the piece worked on two two different levels. When you see it from afar, you notice her and Mm -hmm. her great posture and 
beautiful face. And then when you get close, you see the dresses in the background. Mm -hmm. So that was really good. And the fact that it worked in black and white was just like, okay. This is perfect. This is perfect. Because as an artist, you're always taught that if a design or an image is in black and white and it looks good, Mm. it's a good piece of art. Yeah, so I add little subtle colors to it when I do it. And I've done it. Many times, different sizes, different mm-hmm. colors. And where can our listeners go to see samples of your work? I Well, my website is cavaglass.com. That's C-A-V-A glass.com. Okay. I have a, my, my top ten list there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I have also a list of permanent installations on my website. So nice. you can see that. Right. And go visit like my uh, MTA mm-hmm. commission or uh, other permanent artwork around. Right. All right. I'm just going to ask you a few more questions, and then we're going to get to your latest okay. trip. Right. Excellent. <clears throat> um, who have been your biggest influences? I going back to high school. It's amazing. Walter Hahn was great. He saw. Uh, things in me that I didn't know about because I worked in magazines for like half my life. Mm-hmm. In high school, he would give me a stack of magazines to look through right. and, and study the design and the illustrations, mm-hmm. photographs. Interesting. So he knew way beforehand. So that sort of developed different templates for you to 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 use as a base right. for something that you might be doing in the future. Exactly. Yeah. So he he knew very well. I took uh, like five classes at Urban Glass, and mm-hmm. just the and Urban Glass for for the listeners mm-hmm. is in Brooklyn, New York. It's a wonderful studio at Fifty Seven Rockwell Place. If you want to ever go and visit, and I think their website is urbanglass.org. dot org. Right. right, go ahead. Yeah, so I took five classes there when I first got interested mm-hmm. in glass. And what class classes did you take? Uh, it was a variety. It was painting. It was glass uh, fusing. Uh, no glass blowing. That feels like a totally different <laughs> career to me. It is. But I wanted to know the technical uh, challenges and choices. Mm-hmm. And once I finished those five classes, I basically locked myself in my studio. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to develop my own style and my own techniques. Right. So I combined a lot of techniques that I learned, and mm-hmm. I created some myself. Right. And I went from there. Okay. And <clears throat> how have you been able to seek out opportunities? You know, opportunities are everywhere. I Online, there's so many places that you can look for upcoming shows and galleries or museums that are looking for artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually do a talk in my class about residencies, yes, which is so important to try to get into a residency. Also about promoting your work and looking for places to show your work. Marketing is very important. Marketing is like I spend probably 50% of my time marketing. Yes. Is there any place that you can think of that you might be able to go to online? Mm-hmm. To find information about promoting art? Uh, promoting art, you know, one of my favorite sites is Cafe, 
I I think it's Cafe it is. Org. Yeah, it is. And they have different uh, shows that are coming up that mm-hmm. they need artists to apply their All right, work so for like open day. calls. Open calls, mm-hmm. basically, yeah. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> so that's great if you look through there and you apply. Just get your work out there. Right, right. So um, this is going to be my last question. How, how do you cultivate a collector's base? Oh, collector's base. I mean, I'm really lucky to be living in New York. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, art collectors here. And at first I went after the collectors that collect glass specifically. Mm. And where did you find those people? I Well, I was lucky because I was selling work at that point. Mm-hmm. So there is a organization that is actually – a glass collector is based in Manhattan and Brooklyn. Okay, what's the name of it? You don't remember? Uh, it's Metropolitan Community Glass Collectors or All right. something well, like that's that. that's a start. Yeah. That's a start. We could do a search on Google yeah. and maybe come up with it. MCGG. <laughs> uh, and I actually sent a questionnaire to the president, and he sent it out to all of the members mm-hmm. asking which magazines they read. Okay, interesting. So I found out what they read, and mm-hmm. then I tried to get articles in those magazines. Very good. Yeah. That's very interesting way of approaching it. I am ready to hear your story about, about <laughs> your trip to South America. Mm-hmm. And um, you went to first Brazil? I was in Brazil for two months. Uh-huh. And then... And then Buenos Aires, Argentina, Argentina. For two weeks. Did you eat a lot of steak? Yeah, <laughs> I'm basically a vegetarian in New York, right, but, but I was like, you had to give it up. You had to. You had to. All right, <laughs> we'll be right steak. back, listeners. Thanks for listening to Creative Force. If you like what you hear, I would love it if you have a moment to head over to SoundCloud.com/slash Be Free. BK slash creative force. Give us a review or a rating. It really helps other folks to find the podcast. Thanks for listening and chat with you soon. Ciao.